Hey, this is Austin Saylor, and you're listening to the Euchre Media Podcast. Hello, Euchre Media family. Vladimir Vragnevsky here, and welcome to episode number 77 of the Euchre Media Podcast, where I serve our Media family with daily interviews from highly creative people. And today's guest is Austin Saylor. He's a freelance motion designer with the lettering animation course and Full Harbor motion membership that you can learn more about at austinsaylor.com. It truly is a great online resource. And speaking of great online resources. Before I play my interview with Austin Saylor, I want to tell you about our sponsor, ActionVFX.com. They have over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest RED cameras. From explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore, they have your assets covered. Save on render time with real elements. No more simulation. Go to ActionVFX.com. Again, go to ActionVFX.com. And now here's my conversation with Austin Saylor. Enjoy. Austin, welcome to the show and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. So um, something that uh, people don't know. Uh, I had a a crazy experience where I woke up in the middle of the night. It was 3 a.m. And my wife and I actually both woke up at the same time, kind of with a startle and we weren't sure why we woke up. We're like, did you feel something, hear something. And we heard it again. It was boom, 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 boom. And it was somebody pounding on a door, but not to our door, but to the apartment below us. And he was just shouting, get out, get out. And and my wife like jumped out of bed, ran to the front window and looked out and there was smoke. And she was like, there's a fire. And we just frantically grabbed a couple of things in the apartment, our dog, hard drives. And we had a suitcase packed because we were going to go to London the next day. And I thought, you know, something in the field caught on fire next to the place because somebody had a bonfire that night. And I was like, it'll be fine, but let's just grab stuff. My heart was racing a million miles a second, but I opened the front door to our apartment and there's a 10 foot wall of flames. Like, wow. uh, Really close. I mean, I, I felt the heat. It hurt. And I was like, we have to go now. And so we just grabbed as much stuff as we could like last second and just booked it out of there and threw it in the car. And I pounded on somebody's my neighbor's door, woke them up. And in a matter of like, two, it took about two minutes to wake up, grab stuff, put it in our car, move the cars back away from the apartment and then looked up and there were flames coming out of our windows. My gosh. And wow. So that was crazy. And I, I tell that to some people and some people know about it, but, it's often one of those just like, there's no way. That's so crazy. So the whole apartment building burned down. We Dude, lost you everything. you cheated death. Yeah. Wow. We, I mean, yeah. We were so close to just not knowing what was going on. To I mean, we could have just died so fast, so easy. Man, aren't you? At first, when you said there was somebody who was below knocking on the door, I thought it was some kind of violence thing going on, like somebody's going to right. be shooting or something. But man, aren't you glad that guy was knocking on the door? Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he was the one who caused the fire. But he also oh, he was did. the one who woke everybody up. He he was drunk, threw a cigarette in a trash can, and passed out. And his dog woke him up when their apartment was on fire. And then he woke everyone else up, or started the chain of people getting out of their apartments. So nobody nobody died, but there was Good. like was a ask. couple of there were a couple of pets that didn't make it out. Oh my god! So gosh. that was really sad. Wow, where was this? What state what was this? I know you lived this in was North in, Carolina. Yeah, this was in Boone, North Carolina. Oh my gosh! How many years ago was this? Four years, four years ago, maybe next month. 
So did you yeah. go to London? My next question. <laughs> yeah. After that. Yeah, we did. We talked to the police, the firemen, the uh, insurance, and we're like, we have nothing to do here. <laughs> Everything's gone. I mean, it's not like we can just like, you know, tend to things. And so we went on our weirdest vacation ever, homeless. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was a strange experience. But uh, did you enjoy it at least? Or was, was it always uh, in yeah, the back of your mind? We definitely enjoyed ourselves. We did London and then we went to Morocco with uh, my sister-in-law and her husband and we had a great time but it you know in the back of our head it was always this like we don't know what is ahead of us and it was a it was a long recovery wow. period like figuring out what life looks like and um i don't know all in all we decided to make sure that our life was going to have an upward tra trajectory because of this we weren't going to let it like hold us back and i don't recommend it to anybody it's a not a great thing to experience but uh our life has been better since then so Man, wow. Well, this is definitely something interesting about you. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. This is pretty cool. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's transition to talking <laughs> about your creative journey. Now, let's uh let's start at the very beginning. How did you get started in design and uh, motion design? Yeah, so I went to I went to college not knowing what I wanted to do, but kind of I actually thought I wanted to be an engineer or a psychologist, some some something to do with psychology, and I was taking those kind of classes and uh I, at some point it just didn't seem to click with me and a friend of mine just suggested like hey you like doodling why don't you do graphic design and i was like ah okay so i applied to get into graphic design school and uh, like the at appalachian state university and uh i didn't get in first try and i was like well maybe this isn't my thing either <laughs> uh, but i decided like okay so I, I i applied with like high school art but it was just mediocre at best but it actually probably wasn't very good at all and so I took a drawing class and decided to really put my heart into it. Like, if I'm going to do this, I need to try. And so I did. I applied, got in. So that was kind of my my path at that point was, all right, design looks like it's going to be it. And so I, I loved school. I really enjoyed going to college. I loved taking classes and just full-time learning. I thought that was awesome. And uh, yeah, I did lots and lots of all-nighters. But then when I got a job doing graphic design, I was like, oh, this is neat. It's like my all-nighters, but I get to do it during the day. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I got a job doing graphic design, which pretty quickly shifted into like a UI UX role. And then after about four years of UI UX, it stopped becoming, it stopped being like design related. It was a lot more use cases and and documentation for de developers. And so I was starting to really not like my job. Oh, and around that time, I created a, a really short, like five frame animation to show this is how a grocery cart could go around this new thing. And the owner of the company was like, you know what that reminds me of? The aha music video, Take On Me. And I was like, never seen it. What is that? So he showed me and I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. It's basically rotoscoped <laughs> pencil sketches mixed with video and it's just amazing. And he was like, can you make something like this for me? And I was like, yes. And very quickly started Googling, like, how the heck do you do something like this? <laughs> I had no idea. And uh, yeah, that was my my introduction to motion design, like actually creating like a full animation. So I created a, I think it's like a minute and a half video. It's still in my portfolio. It's weird to have my first animation. Like, I'm still really proud of it. But yeah, I made a, a fully like pencil sketch video by shooting video on my iPhone. Um, oh, wow. Just basically iPhone. drew up a, it's a, like a really old iPhone, iPhone 3S, I think. Um, 
but yeah, so I shot video, put it in after effects, changed it to like 14 frames per second. I don't know why I did 14 frames per second. I didn't know what I was doing. It's kind of an odd <laughs> number. And then I exported uh, a PNG sequence and then printed out all of those frames and then traced over them with a light box and a pencil on paper. And then I scanned it, brought it back into After Effects and kind of composited everything. And uh, yeah, that was my first video. And he was like, you're going to be making videos for this company now. And I was like, yes, this sounds awesome. Promoted. So we got nice. like, yeah, we got like a video camera and I started really that shifted me into video production. And basically that turned into, I've got a graphic design background. I could be putting graphics on this, these videos and uh, figured out after effects enough to do lower thirds and like, you know, like a logo intro and stuff like that. But I was frustrated that like all I could do was tutorials. I couldn't figure anything out on my own. And at that point, that was when I started, uh, or like, a, let's see, animation boot camp from School of Motion started. I did like the beta group for that. And I was like, this sounds great. I could totally learn a lot. And I did MoGraph Mentor at that time. And they were both, I think I was in the second class of MoGraph Mentor in the boot camp for, or the beta class for the animation boot camp. So before that, there really wasn't this like motion design online course stuff that I knew of. And so it was I feel like I got into it just at the right time. And uh, from then on, I was just like, this is what I want to do. And uh, yeah, so left that job in 2014, I think, 15. Man, I don't remember dates very well. Same Several here. years ago, and I've been freelance <laughs> for about three years or so. What was that like, transition to freelance world? It was, was it smooth. Well, <laughs> it was smooth in the sense that um, I didn't have, it wasn't hard to make the decision. I'd been wanting to really go work at another studio, not another studio. I wanted to work at a studio because I'd been the only like creative person or like, you know, like a junior designer under me, but I didn't have anybody to look up to. And so I was looking to, to go work somewhere that other people I could learn from people. But, um, yeah, basically I was in a portfolio building phase and the job I was at just got to a place where I didn't want to be there anymore. It was pretty toxic and something happened. It's a, a whole thing, but I just, I was like, I got to quit and we had some savings. So I asked my wife, like, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> Can I quit? And she had a full-time job. So we relied on her income at first and, um, yeah, I just quit pretty much right on the spot and was freelance. And I had a one freelance gig lined up and that client was a big client that just kept coming back and back for, actually, I still do a little bit of work for them. But uh, it was not an intentional thing. Like I wasn't planning on going freelance, but I thought, you know, if I can, we've got like a six month runway and any money that I make along the way will just extend that runway till I get another job. But I just never stopped being freelance and I really like it. So I don't plan on changing that. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. Because I know a lot of people are trying to transition to the freelance world. What advice would you give to that one person that is kind of in a similar situation you were who's thinking about it, but not sure what one advice would you, would you tell them? My biggest piece of advice is have money saved away. Yeah, if you, if you have like three months worth of savings or six months worth of savings, then you'll be a lot less stressed. You can say no to bad projects when you're, when you have no money, you just like you're scrappy, but you, you know, you take jobs that you probably shouldn't take for little money. So you're overworked and underpaid. And that's not a really good way to go freelance. So that's my biggest suggestion. 
And when people are just starting off, if you've never done motion design, I also really highly recommend going to work at a place. It's not my path, but if I could go back and do anything over, I would have probably gone and worked at a studio, worked a little harder to do that instead of just trying to keep up the freelance. I feel like I'm in a good place now, but it took a long time to learn some things on my own. No, and it's interesting that if you don't have enough money saved up and you jump operating out of scarcity, man, yes. it's, uh, like you said, you'll pick up projects you don't want to pick up and uh, you'll be doing, you'll, you know, people smell fear. You'll be doing mm -hmm. things out of fear and clients, they can smell all of that. Like I'm speaking from experience. I've done, I was fired once and I was forced into freelance and uh, it, man, no money saved up operating out of scarcity. And I like the fact that your journey has all these, you, you've been able to acquire all these different skills from design to animation to video. So you kind of gave yourself more, uh, I guess, uh, opportunities to pick up different things, right? As a freelancer, you didn't just limit yourself to just one thing, right? Were you able to pick up uh, projects in design, motion design and video as well? Like all three? I've done a little, I did a little bit of video stuff actually for the job that I, I left. They hired me back to do some video production and a little bit of animation. But um, for the most part, I've stuck with animation or gotcha. motion design, design and animation. Yeah. Now let's transition to a dark moment in your life. And you probably already mentioned it, but <laughs> I'm curious to hear what it will be. <laughs> Tell us the story of your worst moment in your creative journey. So Austin, don't hold back any punches, man. Man, there have been so many. <laughs> I think that I, well, there's really two that really pop into my head. One, and it's not not like one single moment, but at the... I worked at the software company for, I think it ended up being seven and a half, something like that years. And there were so many moments during that time that I just was unhappy. And I felt like I was never going to be happy because I was applying for jobs and not getting them. And I was trying to do creative work at the company, but they didn't want that. Honestly, they didn't need what I wanted to do. So it makes sense that they didn't want me to be doing this kind of stuff. I think I talked about it to someone else recently about I was learning VFX stuff and After Effects, but the software company did not need explosions and lasers <laughs> in their in their promo videos, which makes sense. But yeah, it was, it was a very frustrating time. Many, like probably about six out of those eight years, I was frustrated and that really adds up over time. And I'm not much of a risk taker, so I didn't want to just quit my job. And yeah, I just felt lost for a long time. And so those those were some... There were some good times, but there was a lot of dark moments in there where I just wasn't sure what my future was, was ever going to look like. And uh, that, was, that was frustrating. And then another kind of flip side of that is I've had lots of moments during my freelance career that really were starting to feel kind of bleak, like, you know, running on E in my uh, bank account. And, you know, there's invoices out there, but I don't know if they're coming in. And I've had to ask for help in certain moments, like from parents, and that is not fun. But oh yeah, it's like I've been there before. I, yeah, and I, I, I'm grateful, and I recognize that I have an incredible privilege that I have that safety net. But it does not feel good to have to ask for it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so the, the darkest moments for me have been: I didn't manage my money very well, and I didn't set up contracts with the projects I was working on so that I knew when I was getting paid, those kind of things. And I just was like, I hope I get paid soon or emailing people like, Hey, you've got an invoice. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just, there've been a couple of, of those moments where I wasn't sure where the money was going to come from for rent. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, man. And, not fun. Those are tough ones. <laughs> no, not fun at all. But they build character, right? I think it's yeah. I, th- I think it's good for you to go through <laughs> a couple of those experiences in a way because it does build character, and you learn to kind of have faith uh, that look things are going to work out. They worked out the first time, the second time, and for me on my journey, I kind of in a way am happy that those things happened to me because now I know it's kind of like the first time I got the first and last time I got fired. I remember that's something I thought it would never happen to me you know and when it did happen i remember thinking i mean the whole room was like spinning you know i was like got the news through email mm-hmm. and uh but i remember thinking this is not as not so bad like i recovered and uh, it kind of gave me confidence this uh this faith that look you can if you if you can think it you can make it you know and uh in a way something that was so negative for me turned out to actually make me stronger now what were, what was uh what are some takeaways from your journey from your uh, darkest moments yeah. So it's funny the the thing that got me to a place of being okay with quitting was something that Tim Ferriss said, and it was basically like, imagine the worst case scenario and the worst case scenario in my mind, he was like, take it to the end, take it to the end of the thought the worst case is <laughs> no one ever pays you money. You run out of savings. Your parents don't love you anymore. They won't support Man. you. They won't even let you move in. You, all of your friends leave you and you die alone under a bridge. And he's like, what is the, the likelihood of that actually happening? And the likelihood of that happening is so low. Like you've got friends and family. They're going to let you crash in their place. Like the worst case scenario is it's embarrassing. Yep. And that's really what got me to a place of like, all right, if the worst case scenario is embarrassment and then I just have to go get a job. Cool. I'll do that. So that that was the the kind of thing that got me to a place of le- like comfortably leaving my job. And it's funny having gotten to a place where I have been embarrassed by the fact that I parents, my, I do have money coming in, but gosh, it sure would be nice if I had some right now that I'll pay you back in a month or two. And that it was embarrassing to ask for money, but that's all it was, was embarrassing. And I'm, I would rather be doing what I'm doing now and having had to have experienced that a couple of times. And, uh, yeah, my biggest takeaway is embarrassment isn't the worst thing in the world and, uh, you'll, you'll survive. And like you said, it builds character. No, for sure. And it's interesting how many people don't live out their dreams because of just something as simple as just a little fear. Like you were talking about Tim Ferriss, like imagine the worst case scenario. Most of the time it's not going to come to pass. So, but those little fears, hold people back from walking out their true potential. I remember when I worked at the medical center for five years, delivering trays in the hospital, like while I was in college. And, uh, but it, first it was like a college job that turned out to be like, oh my gosh, is this going to be my career? Like, geez, like, I don't want to be here. And so every single day working like 12 hour shifts, every weekend holiday, you can imagine barely seeing my family. I had like a, a six month old a, a child at the time. And I just remember thinking, man, this is terrible. And I wanted to quit. And my own family were like, dude, you have state benefits, good health insurance. You know, never mind the pay is not that great. But like these little things that hold people back, like, oh, I can't quit this because the retirement is really good, but I hate my job and, you know, or health insurance is really good. But it's like, yeah, if you stick around there, you're going to take advantage of that health insurance because you're going to hate your life. You get so (laughs) depressed, toxic, and you're going to cash into that uh, health insurance. So yeah. And that's what like the biggest thing people are like, well, what's stopping you from jumping out and pursuing your dreams? Well, it's the health insurance. It's the, uh, you know, this, this, and just like, man, so all your life, you're going to, 
you're going to do what you hate because of those things, man. It, it, I don't know. It beats me. <laughs> right, right. Totally. Now let's shift gears and talk about something positive. Tell us the story of your best moment in your creative journey. All right. Yeah. The best moment in my creative journey is wrapped up in some serious anxiety and what do you call it? Imposter syndrome. And it was when I launched the lettering animation course beta class. I had been animating lettering and posting that on Instagram. That was like the thing I wanted to just get really good at and see what I could push and how far I could push it. And people started to respond to it. So I was like, this is cool. And I got a lot of those, like, how do you do that? A lot of uh, non-motion designers were asking, like, how can I animate my lettering? And so I was doing some tutorials, blog posts, and helping people like one-on-one and just thought maybe this could work as a course, you know? So I just started like with an outline and put things together. And I was like, all right, I think I've got a good idea here. And I started to like kind of pre-announce it or whatever. I'm coming out with this thing. If you're interested, do you have any questions? And as soon as I did that, I just started feeling all that like, oh man, this is so scary. (laughs) And uh, I was like, uh, I think during the three week period before I launched, there were three specific times when I thought, I don't have to do this. Only a few people know I've, I'm planning on doing it. I could just stop and no one would ever care. You almost I was talk so, yourself out. I was wow. so scared. I mean, I, I mean, it was like legitimate, like panic attack feeling. I don't know if I've had a <laughs> legit panic attack, but just oh, man. I, hard to breathe. I don't know. This is, this is totally not what I should do. Oh, it's so scary. And so then I, I just was like, you know what? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? It's embarrassment. No one buys the course and I'm embarrassed that no one bought it or a few people buy it and they don't get good results. Or, you know, I got to that same place of if it's, if embarrassment's the worst that's going to happen, that's fine. Let's just, let's just plug away and keep doing it. So I did it and I launched and I think I had like 40 people join the first class and it was just like, impressive. Wow. I'm not, it's so funny. I, I think that you shouldn't, uh, I have this like mentality of, not celebrating the results because I don't have control over the results. I only have control over what I do, but it was a nice, the result was exciting. And so it was this, I guess, validation that it was a good idea and that it worked. And so that, that to me was just like, oh, this is super, super exciting that something that I'm trying that's new and scary was validated. And then actually teaching it, teaching the whole class was super fun. I did not realize how much I was going to enjoy teaching. I remember thinking distinctly as a student, like, I never want to be a teacher. This seems so dumb. I just want to make cool stuff. But uh, now I'm just like right back in it. Like, well, it's not just the teaching. It's like the teaching wrapped up in the entrepreneurship of it all. I love business and marketing. And so I get to do all of it as a online teacher. That's really exciting to me. Dude, that's awesome. What's your one takeaway from creating a course? Because I know it takes a lot of hard work. You know, Sergey, for example, he's wrapping up our the 2.0 of our expressions course right now is actually coming out tomorrow. And it's like 12 plus hours of stuff. And I'm telling you, I almost seen him to the point of tears, just putting that course together, recording, <laughs> re-recording. So what's your big takeaway from uh, putting together a course? Like It's like writing a book, really. I mean, it's a big deal. It is crazy. I don't recommend it for everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's way harder than I thought it was going to be, but it's also very, very rewarding. At the time of this recording, I'm launching and opening up enrollment right now for the fourth class. And wow, it just, congratulations. It, it, thanks. It feels totally like just a part of what I do now. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to do it. But man, 
one takeaway from it. That's, that's hard. I've improved on my process of animating because I've had to teach it. But I think that maybe the biggest takeaway from doing the course is that it's not that like, if you're thinking about it, you should do it. But if you're thinking about it, you should be making tutorials. You should be writing, you should be building an email list and providing lots of valuable, interesting things to people who are also interested in learning that kind of thing. That's where I started. I had a blog for like three years before I launched anything. And, and so it was, I, I had a lot of momentum, like slow momentum building towards this kind of thing. And I think that really helped a lot. It wasn't like out of the blue, I put up a website and tried to sell a course. I don't think that would have worked very well, but I had an audience that was interested in learning lettering animation for a long time before I launched anything. So that's my, my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Is build your audience slow, add value, write. Writing is really important. I think. Hmm. It's like overnight success comes after years of hard work, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Austin, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor. We'll be right back with more questions. This episode is brought to you by our friends from ActionVFX.com. They provide the best stock footage elements for professional visual effects from explosions, fire and smoke, muzzle flashes and bullet shells and gun effects to debris and particles. They have your assets covered. Available in 4K, 100% royalty free. They also have over 250 free VFX elements for you to download. Stuff like free fire sound effects, spell hits, bullet shells, blood mist, bullet hole textures, dust waves, water sound effects, explosion sound, and the list goes on and on. If that's not enough, then check out their tutorials and blogs. ActionVFX.com is a great online resource. Save on render time with real elements, no more simulations. Go to ActionVFX.com. Again, go to ActionVFX.com. And now back to the interview. All right, we're back from the commercial break. Austin, I have like a total of six questions for you. And the first one is, how do you overcome creative blocks? Man, creative blocks are rough. Honestly, the best thing that I do is skateboarding. Oh, if wow. I can't, if I can't, yeah, so I've been skating since high school. I've taken lots of different breaks here and there. My knees have been hurting the last couple of years, but I realize <laughs> now if I roll around for about five minutes before I start doing any tricks, my knees are fine. But yeah, that's like <laughs> my, my best thing is just getting on a board, but it's, I think that's just being active, like going for walks, getting away from whatever it is that I'm trying to do. I don't do very well with working through a, a creative block. I have to like go around it and be like, let's go do something else and come back. No, that's, that's well said. Now, if you could give one piece of advice to aspiring designers and motion designers, what would it be? Be patient. Be very, very, very patient. Draw, yes. design, make really bad work for a long time and be okay with that. <laughs> don't try to make it your career if you've never drawn or designed anything. Like start, start off at evenings and mornings. Wake up early design stuff, design stuff for your friends, animate for your friends, like just become prolific and let that become a, a career. Now, how do you balance work and personal life? I used to be really bad at that, but lately my wife and I have been setting up our schedule. So we've read Deep Work and Atomic Habits recently. And the combo of those two has really gotten us to think about how we're, when we work, we work very focused and we actually take off at 6 p.m. Like we stop working at six. So I start working somewhere around like five or six in the morning. And I spend like the first part of my day working on future focus things. And then I'm writing and reading. And then I work on like what I have to do for the day. But cutting off at 6 p.m., even though like there's no boss, I work from home, I can do whatever I want. But cutting off at six allows me to 
really focus on the work and get it done. I can get more done by six than if I know that I'm going to work till midnight because then I'm like, yeah, if I'm working until midnight, then, uh, I better, I I should reward myself and keep Twitter open and just keep chatting with people. (laughs) And then I don't get anything done. And so (laughs) by cutting off at six, I also have time to hang out with my wife and my dog and we go for walks and make dinner together and, you know, just do whatever we want in the evenings. And, uh, that's how I balance my day. Now, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? If I could do any other career profession, I would be a, a financial advisor. Really? Yeah. How come? I, there's a, it's funny. There's a couple other motion designers that have said the same thing on Twitter. I think Remington, he, yeah, basically I read Dave Ramsey's book, Total Money Makeover. Oh, I love that. About guy. a yeah. year into my marriage. And that helped us get out of debt, like within a year. Wow. And so... I'm just like, man, that changed my life so much that if if I couldn't change people's lives with motion design, it'd have to be with finances. And so, and actually I have a workshop coming up for my full Harbor membership. That's all about like the personal money side of things because that Dude, affects that's your professional wow. stuff. Wow. That's good, man. That's uh, it's definitely something that is not taught in school and uh, Dave yeah. Ramsey is amazing for that. Nah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's uh that's going to be good for, for, especially for people who are jumping out, freelancing, you got to get the money thing down. If you mm-hmm. don't, you're going to struggle. Now share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. One personal habit that I have that has contributed to my success is writing, writing my blogs. I, I, I wrote a weekly blog for about three or four years, and that really helped me understand what I believed and what I wanted to do and things that I was learning. It was reinforcing all the things that I was learning. And it also helped me build an audience that just, uh, that's helped me with my course, but it's also helped me with freelance because when you're freelance, you have to like get jobs all the time and having a, a, a network of people that maybe send you jobs or know what's available. That's helped me tremendously with my freelance career. So writing, I think is uh, one of those habits that's helped me a ton. And, uh, next question, where do you get your inspiration from? I get inspiration from all sorts of stuff. It used to be like Vimeo and I would just watch Vimeo all the time. And now I'm learning a lot more to take inspiration from nature, from walks, from just watching things that happen. Hmm. I'm inspired by people who write really interesting books or, you know, fun podcasts. I, I try to be inspired just by my life experiences too. Now for this next question, uh, recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in your work and personal life. And this is a perfect segue into, uh, Talking about your Full Harbor membership and uh, the lettering animation course, love to learn more about those too, man. So take it away. Yeah, so Full Harbor membership is something that I just kicked off this year. I've got like my beta group going through it. They're my founding members. We've got like 130 folks in there just like working on their personal projects. And we have workshops every month and doing animation training as well. And it's an awesome community of people just helping each other out. I, I was telling my wife that I'm, I'm blown away with how like smart and kind and hardworking they all are. And it's really fun to, <laughs> to be in this group of people that are helping me now too, you know? Um, so full Harbor is, uh, it's going to be open again. I'm opening up enrollment for, uh, this summer. And so I'm excited to bring some more, bring some more folks in and help them with, uh, you know, all sorts of like freelance questions, motion design stuff, after effects, things, those kind of stuff. Oh, and the learning oh, animation. I'll go ahead. Yeah. And I've, I'm at the moment right now, I'm opening up the lettering animation course. I run it once or twice a year and, uh, yeah, basically just teach very specific kind of animation called lettering animation, lettering designers, take it some motion designers, take it, 
And uh, yeah, I love teaching people how to make letters move, mostly like with logos and stuff like that. So this is like a, a seven week course, right? Yep. Seven week course. Uh, I teach basically kind of like the foundation animation principles, how to get that in After Effects, how to apply that to letter forms and how to make really interesting things as well as like some of the the more nuanced stuff, like how to get clients and what you should charge for these kind of things. And is this a live course or is it pre-recorded? It's a recorded material, but there's a live component where we do oh, nice. uh, like a weekly call and I give critique on student student projects as we're going. That's pretty cool, man. That's awesome. And how can people learn more about this? They can go to austinsailor.com. That's where I have all of my information at the moment. I think I'm going to have fullharbor.com at some point, but uh, it's not up live yet, but it will be. Sounds good. And last question, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so I, I am. I live on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> so come find me. At, <laughs> my username for both is it's Austin Sailor, I-T-S-A-U-S-T-I-N-S-A-Y-L-O-R. And uh, yeah, I love chatting there. Shoot me a DM, follow me. Let's hang out. Awesome. Well, Austin, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Austin Saylor. Make sure to check out austinsaylor.com. Again, it's austinsaylor.com. And as always, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at euchremedia.com slash 77. And make sure to check out actionvfx.com. Remember, they have your assets covered. Over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest RED cameras. From explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore, go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And lastly, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukremedia.com community. We have well over 3,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you who are trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ukremedia Podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>